Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Okay, my love, I have put everything that I offer for free on one page so that we are not doing more work than we have to because why would we do that? Hashtag work smarter, not harder. So livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. You are going to find everything I've created for not only leveling up in your personal life and building a life that you love, but leveling up in your business life and building a business that you love. Okay livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. Love you. Hello, Root of Power fam. We have got Lincoln Kokoram with us today, who I think is going to give us some very insightful discussion. And he is a man of many talents. He has authored a book. He speaks. He has traveled internationally. He works with businesses in the consulting space like Hello, welcome. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. How did you get into the work that you do? I saw um, that you started quite young with speaking and consulting. How did you get into that? Amanda, that was a divine intervention because when I came out of high school, I was living in Trinidad and Tobago. In the, in, we was, Trinidad and Tobago was still a member of the British Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. So, so we still carried a, a United Kingdom passport. Yeah. Subjects to the throne of England. So my goal coming out of high school was to be an Air Force pilot. And I was getting ready to apply to be a cadet with the Royal Air Force. And I had all the necessary pre-requirements. So I go go to my mother. I was, what, 17 and going on 18. (laughs) I I go to my mother and I say, hey, ma, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Amanda, mama said no. Oh, <laughs> I'm her youngest son. You know, Mama said no. Yeah. And in in those days, when when Mama said, you did what Mama said. Yeah. You argue you. So, my mother was a single mother. She didn't have the funds to send me off to college at that time, so I had to find yeah. some, some work. So what I did is, you know, I called up all my friends who graduated with me and said, Hey, what are you doing, man? You no, know, I'm looking for work. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, we uh, uh, were looking for ideas. Everybody is applying like crazy, no focus, you know? Yeah. So I joined the party. And I'm okay. I just want to work. You see, that was the goal. I just want a J-O-B. Yeah. So I got a, I got a temporary appointment at a, as a civil servant ministry of works department. Okay. Because this lady went on maternity leave, three months maternity. So I got to Amanda, the most boring thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh, but it was, I was getting paid. But it was a job. job. You hit your goal. It was a job. You know, I met, made some new friends, kind of deal. And then when she came back from maternity leave, they transferred me to the, another department, department doing the same thing, but this time on a permanent basis. But in the meantime, to answer your question, I had applied for teaching. 
Okay. Because there's a system in Trinidad where you can start as an assistant teacher without a degree or anything. They will yeah. assign you to a senior teacher and you learn and grow as you go along. Okay. And, then, and so I got a call. I got a letter to come in for an interview. I went for the interview. The guy who was interviewing me knew my mother. Oh, perfect. Because my mother was a teacher. I, I come from a teaching family. My older uh-huh, brother yeah. was principal of a high school. My younger sister, who thinks she's my older sister, really, but she's my younger sister. <laughs> <laughs> she she retired as the principal of an elementary school, and she's still teaching. I have two wow. nephews who are teachers. My sister, two sister-in-laws who are. So I come from that teaching environment. Yeah. So I a job. You know, teaching, and I, this is what, at that age, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, my God, I'm going to get vacation, paid vacation. Yeah. And, you know, and the hours from, you know, 8.30 to 3 p.m. kind of day, I have the whole evening for myself. Yeah. So I went to, and the first good thing that happened was the, the, the lady who they assigned me to, to work with, her name was Miss Miriam Batiste. And I'm talking about, this is 1967 I'm talking about. I'm yeah. Like, but just to show you the impact, you don't forget the important things in your life. True. The life-changing things. So, Amanda, from the very first day, it was like a natural magnet to this that thing that became my career. I love it. That became my purpose. The, I was 18. The kids were like, I was teaching, were 14 and 15. <laughs> yeah. So I was like their bigger brother. They were like, yeah. you know, and you know, I was this. I became the cricket coach. I became the soccer coach. I was the drama coach. I, it was like the, the school became like my second home, and I realized yeah. I was working. I was serving, and I was having so much fun. Take the boys, take my soccer team to camping, and when when we had a professional game in the, in the city, I would take them out to go see the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my God, Amanda. It, it was, what a blessing to find your purpose. And so young. Yeah. yeah. So then, then, uh, you know, I, I did my five-year internship, so to speak. Then yeah. I went, went off to college. And, you know, and the, that was, the, the name of the college was Current Teachers College. Okay. It was a brand-new college. We were the first students, so we like to okay. call ourselves. The first Corinthians, you know, and and again, it was such a blessing to meet people, to interact with people, to learn. And I found out that I had a liking for psychology. Yeah, I excelled in that subject, but I, it was not my elective. And you know why? I was a lazy guy, a student. <laughs> I choose math as my elective. Okay. And the main reason, other than the fact that I was good at it, the main reason I chose math as elective because you did not have to write a thesis. Ah. So I, I got my distinction in math. I graduated, and then they, they assigned me to a middle school. But so yeah. teaching has been in my genes, in my DNA. And every time I've stepped away from it, Amanda, I get, I get, pulled, I get pulled right back in it. Yeah. So that's, you know, I remember my, I preached my first sermon at age 16. Wow. 
And I've never been to theological seminary or any course or anything like that, but we worship in a school. Okay. In a little village. And sometimes the uh, the designated preacher would not show up because they get yeah. lost or they forget or something. So <laughs> the people would wait for 10, 15 minutes and then they get up and leave. And this particular Sunday, Amanda, something came over me. You talk about the power, the root of your power. Some, yeah. some power grabbed a hold of me and I got up. 16 years old, got up. And, and you know, the, the people who were in that audience, in that congregation, were like my cousins, my aunts, my yeah. uncles, my good friends, my my mother, my sisters, my brothers, neighbors, you know. Yeah. I got up. And I said, wait, 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 where are you going? We have a Bible. Let's read a couple of Psalms. We can pray. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. We have hymns. Yeah. Let's sing a couple of hymns. And I remember the sermon I preached off the cuff, no preparation was on the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Yeah. And then people start coming to me now and say, hey, you make a good preacher. You make a good pastor. You should do that. I said, no. <laughs> I, didn't feel, I did not feel called in that yeah. direction. And when I prayed about it and I got this, the Lord told me, I can use you more effectively out in the street, out in yeah. the business world, out, you know. And I've touched so many people in bars. I've prayed for people in Las Vegas. Kind yeah. of thing, you know, so that was it. You know, and that's how I got into what I'm doing. And I love it. I tell people I don't work. In fact, I encourage people stop working. Yeah. Start performing. Ooh, I like that. I I love talking to people who love what they do. Yeah. Because people just like they get such a fire under them when they really talk about what they love. And it's so different from when you talk to people who really don't like what they do. It's almost like they cave into themselves and they're like, well, I do this, but I don't like it. And it's like, but you don't have to you don't have to stay where you don't like. Sometimes you have to be there for the time being, but you don't have to stay there forever. And I love that you were like, yeah, that's not really my calling. So I'm just going to go find my calling and do whatever feels right. And so far, so good. So far, so good. And the thing about it is, and that's why I teach the Passion Workshop. with yeah. passion To tell people, you have a choice. You always have a choice. You have a choice. The human creation is the only creation that was given the free will to choose. Think about that. Yeah. A dog would bite his owner's hand, turn a deal. You know, a, 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 a lion, would, if he's hungry, would eat his cub. That's why the, the lioness, the mother, has to protect her cubs from the, their father, so to speak. Yeah. You know, but a human being, a normal human being has a choice, has a, can choose, and a, and a father would give up his meal for his child. Yeah. And a mother would give up his meal for her child. Choose, choose how to respond to situations. Too many people react to mm. situations, and that's so. A, then you're getting to. I'm I'm glad that you're going there. Because you're right. A lot of people don't understand how to feel an emotion and choose a response. And it sounds like that's something that you teach. That's what I teach. You know, and yeah. I, I, I'll tell you how when the first time I learned that lesson, 
you know, you're young, you don't know about TomTom, but before map before Google Maps and Waze and all the fancy stuff on our cell phones, yeah. we have a TomTom was a like a same GPS system that you put in your car. And you oh went, yeah, yeah. No, I had those growing up. Yeah, the, little, the yeah. box thing that you had to connect. To. Right, and you got to. Oh connect. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to. Uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia area, and I had to go to Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Which is, which is a, a two, three hour drive from my home, which is, which is for me was more easier than to go down south to the airport and go yeah. to TSA and all of that kind. So I got in my car, I put the address in and I'm driving and the lady has a nice soft voice and she's keeping me company going up the road. And then she says, exit 69. So Amanda, I exit. 69 because I don't yeah. know I'm going. I'm trusting this lady and she knows she's going to take me. I exit 69, come to find out, exit 69 on I-85 is a loop. It oh. goes all the way around and then come back on 85. Okay, I didn't know. So the next time I'm going, I'm not too sure. I'm still not too sure. And it's only the second time I'm going. So I put the address in again. But yeah. I remember when she said exit 69. I yeah. kept going. So no, I'm listening. And this is what I'm thinking. This is what she might say. Lincoln, didn't you hear me? I told you to exit 69. <laughs> what do you think? You're smarter than me. You told me where I'm taking you where you told me to take you. Yeah. And she didn't say that. She said, recalculating. Yeah. Amanda, what a life lesson. I made, I went back when I came, after that trip, I came home, I made a sign and I put it in my office. Less reacting, more recalculating. Oh. If more human beings will learn to hit the pause button, Amanda, hit yeah. the pause button and, and choose what's the best response. Right. And, and the best response could be, well, I need to stand up for this. I need to speak up for this. I need to defend myself. Yeah. Or the best response could be, I don't need to say anything about this. It's not that important. Yeah. In a deal. And then the other response could be, it should be always have at least three choices. Right. Walk, walk away. Walk away. Let it go. If more people will learn to walk away, we will not have all this killing, unnecessary killing, you know, for, for nothing. Because somebody got into a parking spot before you. Yeah. Come on, people. That would a life. Walk away. Walk away. I love that you talk about that pause and that choice because a lot of people don't know that they have, there is room. It may not be much room, but there is room between when you think you should do something and when you do the thing. There is room in there to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this actually the thing that's going to be helpful? And I think a lot of people don't know to use that filter. They haven't tried it and they haven't been coached about it. And you're yeah. right. You know, because look, look at the education system. And I'm an educator. Yeah. I studied my degree is education. But, and the purpose of education is to train the students to equip them for life. But what's the focus in the, in the, in academia is yeah. the curriculum. You got to get a good grade. You got to pass this subject. You got to right. follow all these dates and all these formulas and all that. How does that help them when they come out of 
of college and they come into the workplace now and they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to build bonds. They don't know how to think creatively kind of deal because because the left brain, which is the logical brain, has been developed, but the right brain, which is the creative side of the brain, has been untouched. And that's why you notice a lot of creative people, they quit school. Yeah, because they don't fit. They're so ahead of... Look at Facebook. Where was Facebook invented? It was not in a classroom. It was in a dorm room, you know? Hmm. Creative. That if more, we need to get emotional intelligence, you know, is more important. No, I'm not saying that intelligence is not, it is important, but we need a combination. We need a combination. Too much of one and not enough of the other. We need a combination because the emotional intelligence gurus will tell you. And if you think about it, it's the truth. 80% of how we behave is impacted by how we feel. Oh, yeah. Like, like right now, you I just met you. First time I'm seeing you. But I feel so good about you. It's like, oh. we, it's, it's like we click. And that inspires me to bring out even more out of me. Yeah. It's, we're having fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I love that statistic because I find uh, when I first start working with people that they think they're being logical, but really they're just justifying their actions, which is not always the same. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and that's that's self-justification. Right. Get in the facts. Right. But you think it's logic, but really their emotions are driving it. And then they say, well, I did this and it's good because without really saying, okay, but it's, is it good? Was it the right decision? Or is it the right decision? And then it might feel good now. Right. But what's the consequence? Right. Um, and I think a lot of people, and I run into that as well, and I bet you run into it a lot in the work that you do. Every choice comes with a consequence. So when you consent to a choice, you also consent to the consequence. But if we don't think about the consequence, we're like, oh, shit, I didn't want that. But it's like, well, you made that choice and this comes with it. Yeah. So we have to think through it. You know, I, I did a workshop for a group of leaders a couple of years ago, and you like this. The title was Accountability. Based oh, on the yes. Accountability, meaning that I have to take yeah. ownership, responsibility for the actions and the words that I take. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Too many people like the pointing fingers. You know, like I was t- talking yeah. to a friend the other day. I mean, you know, the talk. I don't talk too much about politics because you know I'm never. All the great politicians already died, <laughs> and so the thing about it is, I, I was, you know, we just celebrated Fourth of July a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And if more, you know, I'm a I'm an immigrant to the United yeah. States. I had to go do a course and learn the duties and responsibilities. I had to learn the constitution. I had to learn, to learn the duties and responsibilities yeah. of a citizen. I had to swear to honor and respect you know, the flag kind of deal. Yeah. Now, so I'm a citizen. That's my role. This right. has become my country now. If every citizen take ownership of their duties and responsibilities, this country would be 
so much better. Instead of yeah. pointing fingers and, and the first thing that comes to mind, we got to riot before we make a decision. We can get something done. We got to shoot up some people before we get some attention drawn to these things instead of coming around the discussion table and like, yeah. and being human. You know, we Americans, we are behaving the same way we accuse the natives of this country of being <laughs> savage or yeah. savage behavior you know come on let's talk it over and the reason which, which must... means making a choice and having social intelligence and and being able to be angry and kind like so much of that is wrapped up in social and emotional intelligence yeah you know we talk about we talk about self management yeah self management no, we all have a power inside of us, but if we're not drawing on it, we're not. So, what a waste! Yeah. What are we anchored to? Yeah, yeah. What, what a waste! Self-management, and it talks about things like integrity. Yeah, that's your legacy. What are you known for? And yeah. I, I learned a, a simple definition for integrity. Oh, okay. From, from a book named um, "You Already Know." You're going to love this book. You already know how to be great. Oh, and yeah, the, I do like that. The, the title, the, the, the order is Alan Fine. And he said, Say, do, co. Say, do, co. Say what you're going to do. Yeah. Do what you said you're going to do and communicate when you can't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that, you're right. That is a, <laughs> that's the recipe for integrity. Yeah, keep your word. Your word is your boss. Yeah. Like, like, like today, the, the original um, invitation you sent me was supposed to be a Zoom meeting. But you sent me an a, a email saying, hey, Lincoln is going to be on Google Meet. Yeah. That's integrity. You don't leave me guessing. You know, yeah. sometimes we say, okay, I'm going to call you around 3 o'clock. But then you get an emergency call some, from somewhere else and you just leave the person okay. hanging instead of sending a text or something. Hey, I promised to call you at three, but my wife called me and she asked me to do yeah. run an errand for her. And I, I wouldn't say it, but I'm thinking that she's more important than you. But <laughs> I'll call you when I'm done, okay? Hey, happy wife, happy life, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Say to go, say what you're going to do, yeah, do what you said you're going to do, and coming, you know, you know, now election is coming up, and all these politicians are making so much wonderful promises. They're saying what they're going to do. I'm going to wait to see if they do what they said they're going to right. do, right? You know? And integrity is found in actually doing what you say, not just saying things, yeah, yeah, you know, and then and then, and so we talk about relationship management. Mm-hmm. And there are 10 components. You know what the first component of relationship management? Communication. <laughs> right. Communication. And then the key to effective communication is listening. Now, listening is the most used communication skill, but it's the least taught. Have you ever been to any listening class? That's so true. And now look at my, I'm going to share with you my 10 second effective listening seminar. Okay. Look at how we were designed. Two ears, one mouth, which yeah. is a subtle indication that we should listen twice as much as we speak. 
I coach salespeople. I've seen so many salespeople talk themselves out, talk themselves out of a sale. Yeah. You know, listening is, is, is a two way. The only time it's not a two way conversation is when you're talking to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think too, like when, especially in the sales world or in, in friendships, in relationships, like you come from a place of service when you're listening more because yeah. you're saying, how can I help you instead of when you're talking more, it's how can I convince you? And it's like, we don't want to convince. We want no, to no. help. So either like the goal is still service. Yeah. Well, and listening, not just to what they're saying, but yeah. how they're saying it, the tone of voice, the eye contact. Yeah. You know, what's the hands, what the hands doing kind of deal. Because 70% of communication is nonverbal. Right. Some You don't have to say a word sometimes to make an impact on some on a person. Right. Yeah. Like I, I tell I tell leaders, you walk into the office one morning, you had a hard time the night before, you slam your door. You know what you, you know what the message you're telling your people? I don't want to talk to nobody today. Okay, stay no. away from me. Kind of deal. Yeah. Without saying a word. Yeah, manage your behavior. Yeah. Self-management. And, you know, mm -hmm. relationships take management. And we all have relationships of different levels. Right. Right now, you and I are having a relationship. True. And it's, it, who knows, it might continually keep in touch. But you go to the supermarket for that five, ten minutes you're in there, you have relationship with strangers. Right. The, the cashier. You know, I love when I stand in the, in the, in the lane and they all have an name badge. I love to mm -hmm. ask them. I will ask them, how do you pronounce your name? If it's one of those, you know, you know, ethnic kind of name. Yeah. Because I like to pronounce people's name how they want me to pronounce it. Right. And, I, and I, I've learned a person's name in talking about relationship is the sweetest sound they can hear. And in talking to people, the more you repeat their name, the better. I love it when, I, when I'm on a call with a customer service rep. And I call your name to the, the, the level of service goes way up. Yeah. Yeah. Because now they're a person. Yeah. What's your name? And then, and then the other thing in communication is get permission. Yeah. Get permission. Even my grandson, he's eight years old. Yeah. And, and, and he comes, I love it when he comes to visit us, but I want, I want him to grow up to be a, a self thinker. Mm -hmm. He comes to me with a situation that he wants me to fix for him. I said, what have you thought about? Yeah. Have you thought anything? Have you tried anything, Jordan? Yeah. No, Papa. I said, well, think about a couple of things you can try. Yeah. And then come back and let's talk about it. I love that. You see, the earlier we did we start coaching the, the kids, they, grew, the up with, they yeah. grew up with it. They grow up with it and they never forget it and, and they apply it to everything that they do. You know, trust in relationship is one of the key. Yeah. But it, but you have to be trust. It starts with you. You have to be trustworthy before anybody will trust you. And then we loop back to integrity. If you have no integrity, you're not trustworthy. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And then building bonds. You think about it. Amanda, I'm sure you have friends from since you were in kindergarten that you still keep in touch with, high school. 
That's a bond. Yeah. The bond between a husband and a wife, that's a special bond. The bond between a, a parent and a child, that's another special bond. Yeah. Best, best friends. You know, not everybody is your best friend. You know, you have your inner circle, best friend, that's a special bond. But it takes maintenance, it takes effort. Yes. And, and and today with the technology that we have available to us, it's so much easier. You know, this this thing is not just to play games and to go on social right. media. Call your friend. Yeah. I find that I find that a lot of people, and you may run into this like I will have a number of clients who get annoyed that they're the person reaching out more. And I tell them, like, you can just accept that. Like, some people are better at keeping in touch and some people aren't. Or you can say, you're not putting effort in. I'm not going to put effort in. But to do something and then be mad about it doesn't really make a lot of sense. You know, Amanda, you're preaching to me. And because that's my thought. I have control over me. I don't have control over anybody else. I choose to make the call. Right. So then don't be mad about it. You made that choice. Yeah, I choose to make the call. You know, one of my new titles I have, I give myself new titles all the time. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, I'm known as the founder of my company. I'm a, people call me a trainer. I like the, the, the title Learn Veda because if you don't inspire people to learn and motivate them to learn, no learning takes place. Right. Recently, I gave myself another title, Sower. Sower of the Seed. I don't know how oh, I like that. I don't know if it's going to be received, but I have control over me. I don't want other people, or because they're not calling me back, I'm not going to call them. You know, that's my brother, my sister. I don't know what's going on in their life. I know what's going on in my life, and and I love them. I said, I'm going to reach out. I love my friends. I love my children. They don't call me back, you know, but I'm not going to stop calling them. I'm not going to hate them because they don't call me back, Kennedy. Yeah. I teach a lot on like when you make a choice, owning that choice. And if you're making a choice that you're resentful about, we're probably making the wrong choice. Sure. And you don't have to keep making it. You can just change your mind. It's okay. Yep. It's okay. Yeah. So how did you decide to write a book? Like (laughs) what was that process like? Okay. The first book I wrote is titled Verse for the Day. And it's yeah. a daily devotion, and it's you get a Bible verse, then you get a little encouragement, explanation, kind of deal, mm-hmm. and then I'm encouraging people to journal. Yeah, journal is a such an important habit. Yes. So, so in the I'm guiding them three things. God blessed me today when he, and I'm telling people, don't write down that you woke up because the rest of the world woke up too. And <laughs> who are still alive, look for that specific blessing. Right now, I yeah. feel so blessed having this conversation with you. It's so much fun and enjoyment. You know, God blessed me today when he met, introduced me to Amanda. That's oh. my best blessing today. The next yeah. is God used me today when I, I you know, how are you glorified? You know, Amanda had an experience yesterday. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, 
I was invited to, to teach a Bible study for one of our men's group at McDonald's in, in the community. That's cool. So the topic I taught on was godly men dealing with worldly issues. Uh-huh. And I'm, I don't know, I can't sing, but I like to sing. Yeah. I was walking out. I was so feeling so good. And I was singing, um, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And then I'm getting in my car. And there was a lady in her car right next to me, the window of the door. She's yeah. joining me and singing, blessed the show. That's so precious. So precious. What a joy, you know, life. You know, if we focus on the dark things in life, we're going to be dark. Right. Look for the, these things. So, yeah. the, and then the third journal item is, I need to ask God to forgive me. So, so actually I'm redoing that book. And oh. upgrading it. But the second book I wrote was titled With Passion. And I know when the seed was planted in my... I don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to plan, write a book. No. It's inspiration. Yeah. From the Holy Spirit. I was at a football game in Houston, Texas. The Miami Dolphins were playing the Houston Oilers. This was back, okay. in, this was back in 1995. It was in September. I, I can't remember the exact Sunday, but I know it was a Sunday because okay. it was a football yes. game. And I had just been promoted, relocated to Houston. So, you know, I'm supporting Miami. Dan, yeah. Dan Marino was still throwing the football and, and we were kicking. Wow. And my buddy who had given me one a ticket was sitting next to me. He's an Oilers fan. I'm feeling sorry for him. Amanda, <laughs> Amanda 80,000 people in this stadium. Now, I, I, I was born and raised in an island, 1.2 million people. This is the first time in my life I'm in an environment with so many people. Yeah, wow. and Noise, and by, I'm sure by halftime, half of the people were drunk and the other half were on their way to getting drunk. Yeah. And then in the, in the third quarter, Miami gets a field goal. They fake this field goal and score a touchdown. And I'm, I was so happy, and I'm cheering. And then yeah. And then suddenly, Amanda, everything went silent on me. I wasn't hearing all the external noise, and I'm hearing a voice oh. in my head. And Amanda, the voice knew my name. And this is how the conversation went. Well, you know, you know I didn't talk back. <laughs> but this is what he said to me, Lincoln. Look at you, man. I haven't seen you so happy and excited in a long time. Come Monday yeah. morning. Where will this excitement go? Tuesday, Wednesday. Lincoln. What if you could find a way to bottle how you're feeling right now and apply yeah. it to what you do every day? And Amanda, that's when the seed was planted in my head. I have, just, I have just been relocated to, to Houston. I was rebuilding a team to so focus on doing that. Yeah. It was not until 2001 that I put pen to paper. And I yeah. actually developed the workshop first. With okay. The Wit Passion Workshop, actually, which I'm doing a, a virtual session on Thursday. I'm doing two sessions on Thursday, Good. one at eleven. I'd like for you to be my guest if you if you're free between eleven to two, and then in the evening from seven to nine. Maybe in the evening. Okay, I have your email. I'll just send you the link. Yeah, yeah, send it to me. If you can make it, cool. it'd be great. Just be my guest. Don't worry about signing up or anything. It's so you always, thought about the book for five years? Were you like planning it out and doing the workshops? So yeah, and, and I'm, I'm teaching the class now and everybody's loving it. I'm getting oh great reviews. 
And then people keep saying, when are you going to write a book about this, Lincoln? When are you going to write a book about like, this? Uh-huh. It's on Monoghan. <laughs> and finally, in 2000, and I think it was 18, after retiring from the corporate world, I had some. Yeah. I sat down and put pen to paper, and I'm wow. like, the pen just flowed. So 20 years it was on your brain. Yeah. Wow. But I was living it. I was gathering information. Mm-hmm. I, I like to use true to life situations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, humans love stories. So well, yeah, we love that. Stories, you know, to, to make the, 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 the material come alive mm-hmm. and meaningful. And I intentionally made the book a short 45 page book. Nice. Is it like more of a workbook? And and applicable. You know, people can see, yeah, I can do this to everybody at any level. Kind of. I love that. That's hard to do. Like, it's hard to make a framework that works at multiple levels. Well, to think about it, Amanda, like I tell people when I do the workshop, this is what I would do. Yeah. If, If I, especially when I'm doing it internal for an internal company, I would say, okay, people. Welcome to the With Passion Workshop. Now gather all your things. You're all fired. <laughs> and, I, I let, and I let it go quiet for a couple of seconds. And I said, okay, don't worry. I'm going to rehire you. I just <laughs> fired you from your title. Yeah. Your manager, your VP, your president, your senior yeah. director, whatever. You're, you were just fired. I have a new title for you. And the new title is Trusted Business Partner. I I like to tell CEOs, stop employing employees. Yeah. Start employing trusted business partners. Everybody's playing a role. When they have everybody realize how important their role is. And I like to use I use a a, a illustration of a Lamborghini, which is a expensive car, two hundred thousand dollars, right? Or more kind of deal. And I show a picture of a nice yellow one. And I said, do you like that? What do you notice? Oh, the rims and the and the line and the color. And then I showed them a fuse. Yeah. Nobody, nobody sees the fuse. But if that fuse is not connected and it's... totally engaged, that car is not going anywhere. Right. It's not going to start. Your role might be like the fuse in the background. You in IT, you in customer service. Nobody they want to hear your voice. You're on the computer kind of deal. But your role is important. Now, the key, yeah. in, the key in leadership is get away from your penthouse office and go down in the IT room and say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Simon, do you know Simon Sinek? Yeah. I love his work. And he talks a lot about eye-to-eye leadership mm. and, like, you're you're exactly right. Coming out of your ivory tower, coming out of your upstairs downstairs dynamic, and like looking people in the eye and saying, "Hi, you're a human. I'm a human. We're on this boat together. Let's be a team." And I, yeah, we are partners. And you know, you you bring your skill, you bring your talent, you bring your personality, mm-hmm. you bring your work ethics. And you get paid for it. Right. That's the business. Yeah. You're in business for yourself. You're a trusted business partner. Look, look up for a good, a good example of what you just talked about is Chrysler. That company. Okay. 
You know, Leah Coker was an icon at, at Chrysler. And, and they did okay. But when he, he retired, they hired a guy from Italy named Sergio. I, I can't pronounce his last name. That's but okay. The first thing he did when he came to America, he moved his office from the penthouse down to the ground floor. Yeah. So he was. What a message. And then look how Chrysler exploded. Yeah. After that. Yeah. That sends a message for sure. Right. I, I like to tell, you know, leaders at least once a month, get to the office early, stand in front of the elevator, shake some hands. Yeah. Not only your VPs and your, but the janitor. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. The, the security guard. You I know, love that. recognize everybody's got a role to play. Otherwise, you're paying them for nothing. <laughs> True. How do you work with people now? Is it primarily workshops? Is it primarily like a program? I customize everything I do. I don't sell package. Awesome. I don't sell package programs. Yeah. I focus on people's needs. Some yeah. My need just 45 minutes with me. Some people, after we have a discovery call, they, you know, my need, maybe I need to do your social and emotional intelligence profile with you. Yeah. You know, which is one of my favorite tools. Yeah. To use, kind of deal. Then like, I'm, I'm, I have a client now. I'm coaching this top sales people, the high potential people. We just did. Oh. We just did delivering memorable presentations. Now that's a new thing. We're not new because I used to call that workshop totally effective communications. Yeah. But then I had a revelation. I said, wait a minute, what's the purpose of communication? For people to take action. I remember, if, yeah. If they don't remember it, how can they take action? So it make it mem- make it memorable. Yeah. So, so they 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 love it, you know. Um, fine. Doing my with passion workshop. And I, I cost, like if I'm doing it with salespeople, yeah. the topic becomes selling with passion. Right, right. If I'm so the framework it, fits into multiple environments. Yeah. If I'm okay. doing it for leaders, leading with passion. You know what I, right. I would love to have to do? Teaching with passion. Look at what's happening to our teachers. They're quitting. Right. They're burning out. Yeah. Be- because they need to learn to teach with passion. You know, think about when you and I were in school, the subjects we excel in were because we liked the teacher. Yeah. We liked the teacher because we got the impression the teacher liked us. That that emotion. I did did well in math because of Miss Beverly Locke. She was wonderful. She she used to, she called me by my nickname, Kennedy. Made me, you know, appreciated. I did not want to disappoint her, so... I did yes. her, her homework was the first homework I did. <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah, you didn't want to let her down. So be you know, I know it with with um social media. Some of the kids that I taught, they they now have children, and some of them have grandchildren, and we yeah. and they and they now telling me, you know, you are my favorite teacher. That must be so nice to hear. Oh, this is my heart. This is my heart. And I feel like people never forget their favorite teacher. Like I can tell you mine and they're just like, yeah. I just love them. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, in the, in the classroom, the teacher has the attention of that child, that person more than anybody else. You have the greatest impact yeah. on the growth and development of that child. They go home, they're watching TV or they're having dinner. Their parents are busy washing dishes kind of deal. 
They might spend like 10 or 15 minutes, but you have five, six hours. Yeah. With that person. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Make an impact. And now you're not just, you see, the other thing about the academic is they grade the students. And isn't that discrimination? Not everybody has a very high IQ. Yeah. Not everybody is inclined to history and science. Find out what their strengths are and coach them to their strengths. Which is true for parenting and coaching and educating. Yeah, just all of that. Like like there are some cultures where the, the children are forced to become what their father or their mother is. Yeah. You know, instead of finding out what their strengths are, you know, Marcus, I love Marcus Buckingham's book where he talks about strengths finals 2.1. I'll look into it. Focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Find out what your strengths are and work your strength. Not everybody is a quarterback on the football field. Right. When you've got receivers, you've got linebackers. Right. And everybody is doing their best. Yeah. That's why I like to tell people, be the best you that the Lord designed you to be. Don't try to be like somebody else. Be the best you because there's only one of you. Yes. I just, I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Like there's only, yeah, everyone has such unique gifts and talents. Like, so how do people find you? If they're like, Lincoln, yes, you are my dude. Like how do people work with you and find you? I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I'm not addicted to social media, but I'm there. And um, my website is the best place to go. Okay. Because, and when you go to my website, I like to tell people, first, listen to the welcome video. Watch the welcome video. And then go to the testimonials page. Because I'm a firm believer in what people say about you. That's more credible. And what you say about yourself. Fair. Yeah. So what's your website? www.hisbusinesspartners.com. Yes. www.hisbusinesspartners.com. Yeah. And my number is there. My email is Lincoln. And it'll, it'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, so reach so out. Let's, let's talk. So if people forget everything that, we talked about, but they only remember this one thing. What would you want that to be? I want everybody in this world to know you, Amanda, you are the star in the movie of your life. Make every day an Oscar winning performance. Life is a performance. You are on stage. Eyes are looking at you. Give your best all the time. You are the star. Nobody can play Amanda better than Amanda. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you the star. Be the best you that you were designed to be. Love it. Yep. It just puts people in such an empowering space. Like talk about the root of power. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's your authenticity. It's you. Yeah, and there's only one of you. You know, right? Like, like I have a. We have a lady who comes to clean our home mm-hmm. once a month. Oh my goodness! You, she, the things she does. Yeah. Talk about going the extra mile kind of thing. And, and it, it, with joy, not, you know, smile, always smiling, have a good, something good, positive to say kind of deal. And she's cleaning homes for a living, but she's doing a 
great job. Now she's cleaning our home. She's cleaning my sister-in-law's home. She's cleaning my son's home. She's awesome. cleaning my niece's home. Kind of deal. Because she does a great job. You know, it's not what you do. It's the impact right. of what you do. I remember I was in a in a, a meeting in Orlando. And I went in, in a hotel. I went to the men's room because I don't go there with ladies' room. I went to the men's room. <laughs> and this guy was cleaning the toilet. Amanda, cleaning the toilet. Yeah. The man was whistling. Yeah. And, and the place was sparkling clean. And think about the impact. You walk into a restaurant, to a bathroom area, and it's yeah. dirty. You're not going to go back to that place. True. The impact, you know, and somebody needs to show him appreciation. I, that's one of the things, one of my habits. I like to tell people, good job. Yeah. I like how you have this place. People don't hear it. Yeah. 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 I'm not their boss. I'm not their boss. And, you know, thank you. The yeah. Things in life that we yeah. do to make somebody feel appreciated and important and significant. Like yeah. think about you walking into a building and there's somebody right behind you and you let the door close on them. Yeah. What's the impact of holding the door? For That's five the yeah. Oh, make somebody. Yeah. But yeah, make a difference in some a positive difference in somebody's yeah. life every day. So the two things to remember: be yourself and make a difference. Yeah, and, and be intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm. Dude, you you are so fun to talk to. And for people that are listening and not watching, like they haven't seen you this whole time, but like you have just been lit up this whole time. And you're just like, like it's so clear that you just have so much fun doing this. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Life is so fun when you just make the choice to do what you love to do and want to do yeah. most of the time. Not that we can do it all the time, but like, you know, most of the time is pretty good. You know, one of my favorite songs is this, um, Kenny Rogers, you got to know when to hold. You got to know when oh, to Oh, Kenny Rogers, yeah. Yeah, Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to walk away. You never count your money when, until the dealing's done. There's enough yeah. time for counting when to manage your behavior. Come on, people. Yeah. I forgiven is to live, not to exist. Thank you. That's why it's called life. Yep. It's called life, not exist. Yeah. That's true. Right. All right, my dude. Thank you. Thank you so much. Your all your info will be in the show notes so people can find you. Like this was lovely. Thank you, Amanda. It was a pleasure. You made it great. Thank you. You yeah. made it actually no, you literally made it great, but like Well yes. it takes two of us. No, I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. and our listeners are great. We love them too. Amen. Yeah.